From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. When a child has to be hospitalized, it can disrupt the normal pattern of schooling. So Upstate Golisano Children's Hospital has a hospital school program that can provide kids with a familiar routine and help keep them from falling behind. With me in the HealthLink on Air studio is the full-time teacher from the hospital school, Mary Ellen Michaelinko. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So you're the teacher, essentially, for a one-room schoolhouse inside the hospital. Yes, I am. How many students do you have? On any given day, there can be as many as probably 12. And some of those children we see in the schoolroom and some of those children we need to see bedside, depending on their diagnosis. Okay. And what grade levels are we talking about? I work with all grade levels, K through 12, uh, and... They do their schoolwork from their home school. So ideally, the schoolwork is sent through either the parents or the child or through technology to me, and we try and do the schoolwork that they have for that day. And then it also helps when they reenter back into school that they don't fall, far, fall too far behind. So from kindergartners, first graders, all the way up to seniors in high school. Correct. Wow. Correct. And children come into the schoolroom at, at different times. For instance, early in the morning, we usually have our elementary school children who are up and they want to get up and out of the room and come in. And then in the afternoon, we have to poke sometimes to get some of our high school children to come in. Okay. So it's kind of staggered. Yeah. Oh, and you talked about what the schoolroom looks like. Um, it's, it's very large. In the planning many years ago, we made it so in the back there are four workstations along with two tables and also an elementary school table and we also have a smart board and one of our technological advances was a Tanberg unit that we can actually connect right into the school in our online learning program so the child can connect to the classroom real time of what they're doing for that day so like facetiming it it's kind of like facetime but it's more It's more like television. It's what the hospital uses when they do any of their conferences. So we have it in the schoolroom, and then the school will also get the technology. If they don't have the technology, BOCI supplies the technology to the school. So this would be good if a student, if there was a guest speaker in their at their school, that they wanted to be a part of that. It can also. It has been used for that before. It has been used for pep rallies. But ideally, it's used for, for instance, if they have a math class at 7.45 in the morning, we connect directly to their math class. Oh. And that teacher will send the work in the morning, so I have that. They're sitting in the, in the schoolroom. They can connect right to their school program. Uh, we, we call it staying connected is good medicine. And in 1999, was it 99, we won an award down in oh, Washington, cool. D.C. Neat. for that. Well, so you follow the regular school calendar? Yes, we do. Yep. So, so we, September to June? September to June, and one of the goals eventually is to do a summer bridge program or some sort of a summer school program that we can help reinforce work for children during the summer. Now, what about there are um, certain state testing dates? Yes. There so, are certain testing dates for elementary school children and also for high school school children. Most importantly are the New York State Regents exams that children have to take in June. They have to take it on that day at that time. So any of the children who are here in the hospital, they can take it with us. Last year, I believe we administered almost 12. That had the, the, Yes, that okay. had these exams. And um, if they don't take it now, they have to take them in June. And most of the time the children... Or if they don't take it in June. Uh, excuse they me, they have to take it in August. And so who wants to be... Nobody wants to be there. Right. Okay. <laughs> they are... And, and 
even some children who come into the emergency department, and if they have an exam that day, we were able to get them so they're able to take the test. So how do you as a teacher, though, you're juggling K through 12, all these different grades, but also all these different school districts, right? Because there's student, or patients here from the whole region or central New York, right? Correct. Correct. We have, just like in the hospital when patients come, we have patients coming down from Binghamton, Watkins Glen, all the way up to Messina. Technology is amazing and also phone calls. And I've been here over 20 years. I've gotten to know a lot of the guidance counselors, many of the schools. I also get phone calls now from guidance counselors who know the children are here who will call me and say, somebody such and such is here, we're sending you the work. Now, what about children with special needs? We work with children with special needs also. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the schoolwork that the student gets from their school, um, do they turn it into you and do you do the... Do you grade the schoolwork or does no, it? I send everything back to the school. Okay. So ideally we get the schoolwork and I will, once they're finished, I'll scan it to the, uh, to the teacher who it needs to go to. Now you told us what the schoolroom looks like. Um, is there a dress code? No. <laughs> Sometimes we need a warm blanket because okay. it gets a little chilly. We're in the main hallway on the 11th floor. So we have heated blankets that the children can put on. And what about snow days? We don't have snow days. <laughs> as long as I can get here, I'm usually As long here. as you can get here. Mm-hmm. Um, so now this assumes students can come to the classroom. Mm-hmm. There, there's some that are immobile or Correct. Um, infectious maybe. Or Correct. There's yep. reasons they wouldn't be able to gather. So we will go bedside. And as our census gets high, I have um, assistant teachers who will come in. And then we will we sit in the morning, we conference, and then we spread out. And we go bedside. We'll also go to different clinics when children are in clinics. Um, sometimes some of them are here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So they'll miss a whole day of school Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we also go to those clinics. Now, does this count as attendance for them back at their school district? It, it certainly does. It oh, counts it does. as a day in school. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is there any cost for the patient to there attend There is not. No. Okay. No. It's just part of their it's hospitalization. Correct. Let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Mary Ellen Michaelinko. She's the school teacher at the Upstate Golisano Children's Hospital School. So what are your goals as a teacher in the hospital school? My goal, I'm an OCMBOSIS teacher positioned here full-time, and I, I've been here for over 20 years, and I also belong to a national organization of hospital school teachers. Um, I was a treasurer for many years, and what this allows me to do is we we interact with teachers all over the country. I have been to children's hospitals from here to California, Denver, Florida, and I meet every year with other teachers, and it just helps us to, it gives different ideas. We, we, are, have, meet, we have speakers who come in and talk to us. We share our ideas. So for instance, our Staying Connected program from 15 years ago, I was able to share that. And right now, technologies, it's so much easier to do. But at that point, it was pretty state-of-the-art. So this is, it's pretty common for children's hospitals to have schoolrooms within them. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to talk to you about why the program is so important, but it it seems pretty obvious, you know, you don't want children to fall fall behind, and then they're back at school, and they're trying to play catch-up. That's not good for... School is the normality of children. And a lot of times, when they come into the schoolroom, they find a little comfort. It looks like a schoolroom. It has all the 
all the books around. We have reading books. We have iPads. But they also have their own schoolwork. And I think when they see that, they're able to say, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to get back to school soon. And they'll do it. Um, some of the children here are too too sick to be worried with school, right? They, they are. They are. We also we take that into account. But a lot of times we can read to the children a book that they may be reading in school, or we have lots of books to read to them, and it gives the parents a little time to go and take a do little break for a minute. To, right. mm-hmm. So what do you do to inspire kids who um, are here and would rather not do their schoolwork? They'd rather watch... TV or play video games? Sometimes we have to have a schedule for children and we have to have a behavioral plan. And so part of that behavioral plan with the rewards that may come after that is you have to go to school. You have to walk around, you have to drink, you have to eat, and you also have to go to school. These are things that children do normally. And we want them to realize that they have to do that here in school. And I also have a big reward bucket. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So children know when they come, they can hit the reward bucket as they go out the door. <laughs> well, what advice do you have for parents? Um, is there anything that they can do to make the hospital stay a little more smoothly in terms of making sure school is part of it? Parents have a lot to worry about when they're here. And yes, there is. They can always make sure they can have their children's schoolwork. Um, but we try and get between just us and the school. The parents have enough to worry medically so my goal is to to do the schoolwork with the children and not have the parents worry that this has to come here. I have to go home and get this, or I have to have someone bring this to me. So we try and let the parents realize that they wouldn't do this in their normal school or their home school, so they don't have to do that here. And as for any parent, we, of course, encourage reading with the children if they want to do flashcards, anything that a parent would like to do to enhance what that child would do normally at home. We have for them, but we try and do the school ourselves. So, and, and in the beginning of the school year, my schoolroom turns into a little, they can bring in their list through all the donations that we get. They can bring in their list and pick out all the materials that they would need for their children and also for the child in the hospital and their children at home. Trying to alleviate some of that worry is what our goal is. I'm imagining that some parents are very surprised to find that this is a service that's offered here. Unless you've had a child who's been ill, you wouldn't know that this exists, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, and many times I say to them, well, that's good, I'm glad you didn't know about us, but now that you do, this is what we do. And it takes away, it takes one less thing off their plate that they need to worry about. And um, especially for our high school children, in the beginning they go, I don't want to go to school, but really they, they do. They know what they have to finish. We have a couple of 12th graders we will be working on their essays for college. They have certain goals that they have to meet, and we try and meet all those goals. And they probably make new friends with the classmate, the hospital classmates, right? Ideally, that would be a good, but we have to worry so much about infectious disease. So some of the children, they, they have to be in by themselves or separate. And they, they do make friends. I'm not saying that they don't. More, um, more times, though, we have to really be up on what everybody's diagnosis is. Why did you become a teacher? It's a very long story. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was a teacher and then a stay-at-home mom. And one of my um, friend's daughters got ill. And I started to work with her. And I was coming up here in the hospital, and the teacher retired. And so I was able to get the job. Neat. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Is there additional training if you're going to be a teacher in a hospital as opposed to in a, in a regular school district? I have to go through all the everything that's required in OCMBOCES I have to do. And then I also have to do everything that's required in the hospital, all our medical, all our um, yearly information that we have to do. I have to do that also. The training that I have gotten has been through my National Organization of Hospital School Teachers. Okay. So that we have been developing um, hospital school protocol over the past 20 years, and we have actually come out with what is needed for hospital school teaching, what would be best to help somebody advance. Um, I go to a lot of conferences and um, other information here in the hospital. Now, you've been at this so long, and some patients have recurring health needs where they're in the hospital repeatedly over over the years. Mm -hmm. Are there patients that you've seen from kindergarten that have gone through? I have seen patients that I held as little babies because I like to hold little babies. And uh, yes, and I have seen them graduate, and I have seen some go to college, and I have seen some very successful ones. It's got to be comforting to them and their family to come back and have the same teacher. It, it is. Right? It's nice to see some of the children and even some who of you have interviewed. Well, thank you so much. Uh, my guest has been Mary Ellen Michalinko. She's the school teacher at the Upstate Golisano Children's Hospital. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.